Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. I'm telling you, here we come again from Southland Christian Camp and my dear friend, uh, my fellow PTSD here for camp, Amanda. Good morning, Amanda. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, I'm doing good, Doug. And we're gonna get Amanda to get that mic a little bit closer to her mouth. Amanda's maybe a, uh, she's maybe a lower talker than I am. You know, I've just got this, uh, I just got this big mouth, you know, and she talks a little bit lower. And we're going to talk about a couple things today. So uh, we want to talk about, uh, first of all, uh, my dear friend is, has been coming to camp here a couple times, but uh, she's a foster care parent. And, and God has led this foster care into adoption and to taking care of kids. And I got a couple verses here I want to share with you folks uh, from the Bible about that. And one of them is uh, Psalm 82, 3 and 4. Defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and the needy. Deliver the poor and the needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. Wow. Another one says, Whosoever shall receive one of the such children in my name receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me receiveth not me, but him that sent me. So right away, the Bible, Amanda, is talking about defending the poor, the fatherless, those types of kids that you and your dear husband take care of and, and uh, to bring them in. It's a godly thing. And uh, so tell us, Amanda, in, at however you want to do this, tell us how God led you to take care of children and tell us a little bit about it. Um, well, it started back in 2014. Um, actually, it started back in 2012. He was in the military. Yeah. Um, it got brought to our attention that it just kept coming up and up and up. We had talked about doing foster care. Uh, we kept meeting people that had done foster care or were doing foster care. Um, I have a similar past to a lot of these kids. I grew up in a broken home. Um, yeah. My parents were, well, my mom was a drug addict and she married a, a she married a, a a guy that was also a drug addict and so I witnessed a lot of domestic violence. Um, I was also sexually abused, physically abused, mentally, emotionally abused. So, so sorry. Yeah. Um, and that happened to me for 18 years. Um, that was something that I had to overcome. And so I, it just kept getting brought up and getting brought up. And then finally we moved to Tennessee and he was stationed at Fort Campbell. Yeah. We moved across the street from a foster parent. And so we said, okay, God wants us to do this. And so we moved forward with the agency that she went through. And um, it just kind of went from there. Um, and we've been doing it ever since. We've had 111 kids that we have fostered. Wow. 
Yeah. So that's in a 10 year period, you've had 111 kids. Um, it's actually been eight years. Wow. So you're <laughs> constantly, so you're kind of like a rescue home. Yes. Okay. Um, we've adopted three out of the foster care system. Um, our oldest, he's 17. Uh, we adopted him at 14. He spent 12 years in the foster care system. Yeah. Um, nobody wanted to adopt him because of his behaviors. Uh, when he came to our home, um, he did have some behaviors, but it was just more so that he just needed some time for someone to show him the right kind of love, mm. um, the Christ-like love. And so um, I think after about two months in our home, his, his caseworker said that he was a completely different child than she had ever seen. Um, and our four-year-old we've had since she was about five days old. Um, and our two-year-old we've had since he was about two months old. They both left us at one point in time and came back and unfortunately endured some severe trauma. Um, but I, I just feel that God has led us to do this. Um, it's a ministry that I feel God's led me to heal my past through helping these kids heal their past. Yeah. So you guys have probably heard me say a hundred times to Stephanie and to others that helping is part of healing. And, uh, you know, I, I had mentioned probably 10 times this week to Amanda that my mom was that same kind of person. We would uh, regularly probably have kids at the end of the school phase. Uh, as they were older, their parents would ditch them out of the house and things of that nature. We even had people post-Viet, excuse me, post-Vietnam show up whose parents didn't want them back in the house and things of that nature. Just crazy things. But to, but to love these kids and to, to go through these things uh, uh, with them, to be on a journey with them. And a journey's hard. And uh, nobody knows a journey more. Amanda just stated a little while ago that that her journey, her PTSD, you know, having an abusive stepdad and an abusive family. And do you think that's part of why you want to help these kids? Yes. Yeah. Do you think that maybe because, uh, uh, you know, you want to come up alongside of them and, and give them some normalcy? Yes. And I want them to know that they can change their path. They can break the cycle and there is something bigger out there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what's it like now? So you take your crowd to church. So, so, so right now you have five children altogether. Yes. And uh, you're looking at maybe two more. Yes, possibly. So what would you say to somebody, Amanda? I mean, this is, uh, this is kind of a, uh, kind of a thing. What would you say to someone who's thinking about forced care? I mean, it's got to be hard, right? Yes, it is extremely hard. There are sleepless nights. There's late nights. There's nights that you're going to feel like you can't go on. You can't do this. It's too hard. Um, yeah. But you have to draw strength from the Lord. You have to have a support system. Um, you have to have people that you can call upon and, and just be like, I'm, I'm having a rough time. Um, some of these kids come in and they've been so traumatized that yeah. you just... I, I've had nights where I'll be up all night and the child will wake up screaming because of the trauma. Um, and there's nothing else I can do but just sit there and cry with them. Yeah. So do you ever, 
I, I guess leaning back on what you've been through, terrible trauma and coming out and being a victor. And do you ever tell the kids as they get older and stuff, been there, this is how God has helped me? Do you, that kind of thing, maybe not those exact words, but do you ever tell them, hey, I've been traumatized, I came through this terrible system and uh, we can get through this? Yes. Um, so we have fostered teens before, um, especially teen girls. Yeah. Um, there's been a few teen girls and a few older girls that we have fostered that have been through the same thing. Yeah. Um, and one of them actually told me one time, well, you don't understand. You don't know what I've been through. And I had actually told her, I actually do understand what you've been through. And I shared my testimony with her and it opened up this whole new door with her. Um, and she actually got saved and wow. she is on a different path and she's living for Christ. Wow. So. Well, and, and no, that's pretty great. And I guess, I, I don't know if you would know this, but you know, certainly from people who've been with you, what do you think the percentage is of these, uh, these kids, you know, uh, that have been abused, you know, physically, sexually, what do you think? Is there a high percentage of foster kids who, who have been abused? Yes, I, w I would say out of the kids that we've had come through our home, I would say about 80 to 90 percent. Do they now do they really need to, you know, know that mom will put their arm over their shoulder? They're going to be all right. Maybe hug them sometimes, cry with them. Is that part of what you do? Yeah. 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 And, and do you find a favorite? Now, I mean, is there uh, a favorite meal, a favorite comfort, something when they're having a bad day, a cup of hot chocolate? I mean, how do you pop someone out of their bad days? Um, mostly just let them know I'm there. Um, I do find something that they like. Um, I have to be very careful about triggers. Yeah. Um, certain smells, uh, certain sights, certain sounds, certain, even certain foods. Our triggers yeah um, but I do find something that they like a favorite something of, that they enjoy and I'll, I'll be sure to incorporate that with their bad days and just make sure that I'm trying to yeah find something to bring them out of that yeah no now something you said to me Amanda really a sad thing is that you got the two-year-old now I guess you had Two of the children you had, you had for a while and they took them away from you and they were abused more and then you got them back. Is that kind of how that worked out? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a really sad thing. And, and so you've had to, but now you, you've adopted them and uh, your children. So that won't happen again. And, uh, one of the things you mentioned to me is even as a two year old, you went by a trailer park and they associated that with where they lived. Right. And, 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 uh, and because of that, they were really scared, right? The four-year-old girl, yes. And she said, I don't want to go home there, right? I... Yes, she thought that I was dropping her off at a babysitter's and I had to um, comfort her and remind her that she's safe and she's not ever going back to that place. So folks, I mean, hold your kids a little bit closer and realize just how crazy the world can be out there and just what a difference they can make. So. You know, this is the this is the other side of this. I think Amanda is um, how does somebody go about this? I mean, you're, you're living somewhere. Uh, you know, how do you go about saying I'll do this? I'll become a foster parent. 
I mean, I know it's maybe different in each state, but who do they reach out to? Where does this all begin? Um, you can reach out to your CPS office in your state. Yeah. Um, you can Google uh, foster agencies on, on online. That's what we did. So CPS would be Child Protective Services? Yes. Okay, yeah. And there's generally something like a, uh, a social worker or something that will reach out to you? Yes. Okay. And you just tell them, I want to be a foster parent. Yeah. And so being a foster parent, I mean, you guys are just people you don't have, an, obviously, you haven't been arrested, you, you don't have a bad reputation, but there's probably some physicals and some financial things and things like that. Do they run any police checks and financial checks? Or, I mean, what do they run on you guys? They do fingerprint, they do background check. Um, they are very personal. They'll yeah. ask you very personal questions. Um, but it is a very thorough investigation on you and your family to make sure that you're fit to be a foster parent. So decisions, yeah. So so expect that, and that's no big deal, right? I just uh, I just uh, recently uh, just a applied for some donations and things of that nature, and and part of that process was to uh, I had to have a police check in a and uh, I guess what you would call a credit check before a company donates to our organization. So I guess that's pretty understandable. And now, now this would be the hard thing for me. Is there any say in what foster children you have or is it just like, hey guys, we're in trouble. Can we bring this kiddo over to you? No, they call you and um, they tell you about the child and you can say yes or no. Yeah. Um, so that's how that process works. And how hard are those first few days? I mean, is that really hard so they have a honeymoon period where um, any child that comes into your home um, it's a honeymoon period and sometimes there is no honeymoon period um, and sometimes there is it takes a couple months but um, yeah it just depends on the child and I guess the honeymoon period is uh, they're just glad to be in a good home where they're not getting beat up where there's you know there's some civility there's food there's I mean, I imagine you've seen every side. Uh, one of the things you, told, you mentioned a few minutes ago is you had this poor little girl who's been sexually abused. You, one of the things you mentioned to me during the week is you uh, adopted this poor little boy who had a broken shoulder, right? Yes, and a broken leg. Broken shoulder and a broken leg uh, from the people who, who take care of him. And you know, this verse comes to mind, folks. He shall judge the poor and the people, and he shall save the children of the needy, and she'll break into pieces the oppressor. So, so the Lord knows what's going on. And, uh, and to use in, in these people who take them and these people who care for them, these people who defend the poor and the fatherless. And it could be you. And, and I mean, we're just ourselves, right? I mean, we're just, we can bring these kids to church with us. We can, they become part of our lives, right? Right. And so, so how hard is that? How hard is the, I mean, you, your dear husband, I mean, how, how hard is it to bring these other people in and just become part of your family? How hard is that? It's, sometimes it's harder than others, but it's not hard at all. Yeah. I thought it, I thought it was going to be harder than what it is. And it's, yeah, it's so easy. It's just taking these kids in and allowing them to be a part of our family and it I thought it was going to be hard but 
it, it really isn't. And once. then you love, and, and it's like, obviously the love for these kids flow pretty quickly, doesn't it? Yes, and we actually keep in touch with a lot of the kids that leave our home. That have grown and or got better placements and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I think that, I think folks, part of the reasons I asked Amanda to be part of this as well is to talk about the PTSD camp experience. So, so Amanda, this is your second time coming over here to this particular camp at Southland. And uh, tell us a little bit about what camp does for you. It just allows me to be able to step away from everything, um, clear my mind, and just kind of recharge my battery per se. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it reminds me what what God's doing in my life. Um, it reminds me how to be able to, uh, I guess, step away, be able to deal with my PTSD and allow myself to help others Yeah. cope and deal with theirs. Well, and, and, and I think that's, uh, you know, that kind of talks about what we really went for. and. And so, Amanda, there was a good group of ladies here this week, maybe 12, 13, I don't know. And, and you meet these ladies from all over the world. How quick was there a gelling or a bonding between you all? It was pretty quick. It only took about a day. <laughs> yeah. And so what we do, folks, for those of you who don't know, when we come to camp, we, we have one day where we talk about these are kind of subjects we're going through. And then the next two days, the ladies break out and have their own sessions and the men have their own sessions keeping the men and ladies, you know, separate to be able to really dig into things. And so if there's one session, one thing that helped you uh, this week that you'd point to and say, boy, that was a good help, uh, maybe that particular characteristic, what do you think it was? Um, I would say the breakout sessions because it reminds me I'm not alone. Yeah. So just being able to break out and just and one of the things they do during the breakout sessions too is is you sit around and talk about what you went through with other people and and there's a whole bunch of people in the room who've been through what you've been through yeah you know there's there's uh you know folks i gotta tell you as i look at the world when we started this ptsd thing i thought the world was a little better place than it is now but the truth of the matter is there's a lot of uh amanda's and the kids that you're raising up and and by the way amanda has turned into the most wonderful sweetest lady out there helping children out there making a difference. So God has taken these trials that she went through, terrible, terrible, and turned them around for the betterment of these foster children who are now your adopted. Because your goal, I guess, is you adopt uh, so they're part of your family. So, I mean, they're you guys, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so the goal is to, to bring these kids, which is pretty great. You know, uh, I imagine a lot of kids would go to school and stuff and say, I'm a foster kid. and. Your kids go in and go, no, this is my folks. <laughs> this is my parents and, uh, or, or church or wherever it is they go. And uh, they say, and, and so how does it work? Uh, I guess a lot of people would say, does, does the state, and you're from Texas, but does your state help with insurance for them and things of that nature, healthcare? And, or, or is that something that falls under you guys? How does that work when the kids need care? It depends on the age. Uh, oh, okay. Six and over, they get uh, insurance uh, until they're 18. Okay. Um, but if they're under six and Caucasian, they don't. You have to provide that for so them. So when you adopt, you have to have your insurance through your family and correct and things like that. So, 
So folks, this is pretty ordinary. This is pretty normal with what we're doing anyway with our families. But so I guess I want to go back to, to this adopted kid as we wrap up here today, uh, Sister Amanda, and adopted kids. Um, I mean, what's the satisfaction? I mean, how do you come, when, when that kid's grown, when you've had a kid for a while and they're grown, they join the army, go to college, whatever it is they do in life, get a job. I mean, what, what does it feel like with, what's the relationship like? Is it still solid? Is it still, we're family, all that? Yes, um, we've had some kids that have reached out to us and, and told us that we were the best foster family and have told us thank you for showing us God's love. Um, thank you for allowing us to come into your home. Thank you for taking care of us. And I've had uh, foster girls that have told me thank you for sharing your testimony. Thank you for showing me I'm not alone. Um, so it's just knowing that we've made a difference in a child's life. And yeah, and that, and that leads to one, one other question as we wind down. So these kids go to church with you and stuff, and they get to learn about the Lord. I mean, how satisfying is that to see these young people get saved and know that, that the Father in Heaven's got their back? I mean, is that great? Yes. Yeah. Well, folks, this is my friend Amanda, and, and it's, Amanda's out there, uh, uh, you know, helping kids. She's out there, you know, looking for people, actively seeking to help kids. Uh, help other people. She's a giver. You know, she's all in on giving. And, and thank you for being part of this podcast today. We appreciate that. Thank you, Doug. All right. Listen, folks, if there's anything we can do to help you, make sure you find us at Help for Wounded Spirits. We'll make sure to get right back to you. Please listen to every word old brother Eric's got to tell you this morning about knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We sure do love you, folks. Have a great day. Thanks. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.